Right, good evening everyone. It's a great privilege for me to be able to um, bring the word of God. Um, thank you, Pastor, and the church also for the prayers for me and my wife. And then let us not tarry. Let us start right away. Let us open our Bible in um, Proverbs chapter 29, verse 1. Okay, Proverbs 29, verse 1. Say amen if we have found it. Amen. amen. All right, the Bible says, He that being often reproved, hardeneth his neck, shall suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for giving us this great evening. Thank you, Lord, for giving us this wonderful privilege, Lord, for us to listen to thy word. Lord, I... I humbly um, come into your presence right now. Please teach me, Lord, on what to say. Guide me, Lord, through the Holy Spirit that you're going to lead me the right words from the Bible, from your word. And Lord, open my heart for me to, to speak the truth. And Lord, I am praying also for the rest of us here who have gathered here right now um, in this church that you're going to bless each one of us. And I'm praying, Lord, that I will be used as an encouragement uh, for the message for tonight. And um, give us a victorious evening for, for tonight. And this I ask and pray through Jesus Christ, our Lord and personal Savior. Amen. You may be seated. As what Pastor said, this is, my, this is our second year um, attending the church. And it was actually um, a different story. And I will be mentioning it later during my preaching. Um, now, the Bible speaks here very clearly and simply. It says here, He that being often reproved, hardeneth his neck, shall suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. It's very plain and simple. It says here, if we often neglect the correction, if we don't listen to the correction, and all of a sudden, suddenly, we shall be destroyed, and that without remedy. As simple as the word of God. But let me tell you a story. Have you seen a real X-Men superhero in front of you? Or have you, are you familiar with X-Men uh, film series? Who is familiar? Oh, all of you, you are familiar with X-Men um, film series. Now, actually, it started from 2001, uh, 2000, year 2000, about the X-Men thing. Now, when I was four to five years old, um, I was a little bit naughty. <laughs> of course, I think all of us uh, will be naughty, right? During our age, four to five years old, we keep on running here and there. And then, you know, um, even though our father and our mother kept on telling us not to run because, you know, you might trip and you might fall and, you know, we'll be putting bandage again several times and so on and so forth. But I was that kind of kid when I was around that age, four to five years old. Now, during that time, we rented an apartment way back in the Philippines. Now, that apartment was actually a two-story apartment, and we were at the second level. 
And that second level has actually a stairs going out. Now, you know, four to five years old, I was with my sister. My sister was around seven years old, eight years old. And then we were playing at the staircase. So my mother kept on telling me, my nickname is June. My real name is Lorenzo. <laughs> Sounds confusing, right? Well, that's how it is. We have nickname. So my nickname is June. My mother kept on telling me, June, stay away from the staircase. Then my mother said, uh, I, my reply to my mother was, yes, mama, I will. Then still the same. My mother still see me near the staircase together with my sister. Now, again, the next day we keep on playing at the staircase because I love to play at the staircase because it's outside actually our house. And I can see a lot of people walking around, you know, tricycles uh, passing by or jeepneys passing by, all these things. And I love to stay outside. Now, my mother kept on telling me, June, please stay away from the staircase. Otherwise, you might fall. Then my, my answer always is, yes, mama, I will. But deep inside my heart, I don't want to listen to my mother. Why? Because I just would like to play outside. And then one day, together with my sister, my sister is actually in Nevada right now. If she listens, then she will laugh at this story. She will remember our, you know, craziness during that time. Then my sister one day, you know, we were engrossed with, 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 with the game that we have. And all of a sudden, you know, because of we're so, we're having fun so much, then she pushed me. And then what happened was I toppled down from the second floor all the way to the, to the ground. Remember I mentioned to you about the X-Men story? Okay, there goes the climax for that. Now, I was so, I was bleeding a lot with all, with my face here. And then my mother sent me to the hospital. My mother kept on telling me, did I tell you not to, uh, not to stay at the, uh, uh, not to um, stay at the staircase? I, I've been telling you. Then I was crying, although I have blood all over my face. Then, you know, the next day, I'm okay with a big plaster on top of my forehead. And after that, the doctor said actually that you don't have to remove the plaster um, maybe a few weeks. You can only remove it two months after. Two months after. Now what happened there was when it was removed, the plaster was removed, what happened? The stitch that was being used during that time actually, how do we say that one? Um, was implanted on my forehead. That's why you, what, um, who you can see right now in front of you is actually an X-Men. <laughs> if you're going to look at me, you know, um, uh, near, um, uh, getting closer near to me, you can actually see an X on my forehead. Why? <laughs> because of being hard-headed. Now look at the Bible. The Bible says, he that being often reproved, hardeneth his neck. My mother kept on correcting me. We are often being corrected, but we do not listen. We are refusing to accept when someone tells us the right thing. 
We are obstinate. We harden our neck despite several advices or reprimands. And that's who we are. Or sometimes we say, Nah, I don't want to hear that. That's not true. I am right. And that is who we are. But don't you know, the Bible tells us that suddenly, boom, we shall suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. Yes, in the book of Psalm, 80, Psalm 86 verse 5, the Bible says, For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive. We have a very loving God. We have a very faithful God. Ready to forgive. We have a, a, a God who is plenteous in mercy and to all that call upon them. But let us remember also that God, we have a God also who is fair. And he is also just. Now, if we keep on hardening our neck, God is also just towards us. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6 to 8, the Bible says, For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourges every son whom he receive. If you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. Now, that's a great privilege for us. Now, if we are being chastened by God, it's a blessing. Why? Because God loves us so much. Just like a father and a son, every time we see children of ours running around, we don't want them to get injured. Am I right? Who would a parent actually can raise his hand and say, it's okay, son, you can just run whatever you want to do. Any of one, any of one, uh, any one of us here would would who can say that? I don't think so. And that is um, our God is. If you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as sons. For what son he, for what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if you have not been chastened by God, you really, we really have to search our heart. Whether or, we are, whether or not we are really a child of God. The Bible says in verse 8, But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then you are bastards and not sons. So for this morning, if you keep on like hardening our neck and something and nothing has happened to you, we better search our heart whether or not if we are really the child of God or the son of God. Right? Now, when my daughter was eight years old during that time, my, I had a daughter actually, uh, his, her name is Patricia. Um, when she was eight years old, she got a dengue. You know dengue? Dengue in the Philippines is very, very famous because there are a lot of mosquitoes there. And then if you are being bitten by a mosquito, normally, um, you know, the, the diagnosis will be dengue. Now, my daughter had a dengue when she was eight years old. Now, my wife told me to admit her to the hospital, but I refused. You know, guys would really like to be firm. No, never. I won't do that. That is, that is us sometimes, right? Then my daughter was already around three days of being sick, but I just ignored. Now, my parents also spoke about me to send her to the hospital, but I said no. Now, 
No, after several tries of telling, of, of, after several tries of my wife telling me and my parents telling me, then I was convinced, okay, let's, let's send her to the hospital. Then when we reached the hospital, when my doctor was, um, you know, in the hospital, that platelet was already 15,000. And 15,000 actually is very, very low because the normal count, according to Google, all right, the nurses, okay, is 150,000 to 450,000, right? So her gums were already bleeding. She was weak. Her lips were already in deep red. We thought of her dying all because I did not listen. I did not listen. Now, last year, last year, um, my other daughter, Danica, I actually presented to the, to the church for a prayer. She got a dengue as well. Now, no questions asked. When my wife again told me, let's send her to the hospital, I automatically said, yes. And I don't want that thing to happen again. Now, the hardening of the neck is a metaphor derived from stubborn animals that would not yield to the yoke and listen to the master. This is where we get our message for tonight. We're able to flash the, you know, the, the oxen or the boot. All right. Yeah, that's it. So if you can see on the picture right now, we have two oxen um, that are tied with actually with a yoke. Now, a yoke is defined to be fitted on the neck of oxen for the purpose of binding to them the traces by which they might draw the plow. A yoke was made of wood, hand carved to fit the neck and shoulders of the animal to prevent pain or discomfort. In ancient culture, the word yoke was a term that was used to describe submission. So when somebody was described as being yoked to someone, it was communicating the idea that he or she was in submission to that person. Now the problem that we are facing right now is that we don't want to get yoked with God. And that is our message for tonight. How do we get yoked with God? Last week, two weeks ago, we had a preaching about the benefits of living right. And the other Sunday was about um, Pastor Chris' uh, message about going to that far country from, like, from, the wasted, from a wasted son or the prodigal son. Now, the question for us tonight is, how do we get yoked with God? How are we able to submit to God without going, without going to harden our neck? And how do we avoid God's destruction? And how do we abide God in our lives? Now, with the illustration that we have right now, there are two oxen with a yoke um, tying them, let's say tying them or binding them. Now, if the oxen is hard, for him to, to, to abide with the other oxen, the tendency of the plow, if we are going to make sure that we have a good plow, a straight plow, if the other oxen will not abide, will not go with the other oxen, definitely the result will be like this. Am I right? Because they will be, they don't abide with each other. They will, they wanted to separate with each other. If the other oxen will go to the, le to the left, 
the, ax the other oxen will go to the right, then the tendency is there's no proper plowing of the field. The same goes with us. If we as Christians, believers, if we don't get yoked with God, the Bible says here, we shall suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. And that is what the Bible says. And this is what he said. Now, three things that we're going to learn for this evening. Number one, accept. Now, how do we get yoked with God? Number one, accept God's word with meekness. Meaning to say, no questions asked. Just like a soldier. When the commander is actually giving instruction to the soldier, what will the soldier do? No questions asked. No questions asked. Now, with God's word, sometimes as Christians, as believers, we ask about, um, is that right, Lord? Or something like, is it really true, Lord? Now, in order for us to get yoked with God, we have to accept God's word with what? Meekness. Now, it's a higher version of humility. It's more deeper than that. Meaning to say, without question, we have to accept God's word. Now, the problem with us is it is difficult for us to accept God's word. We just find this book as an ordinary book. It is easier for us to believe in what is being said in social media. Right? Sorry. But that is the, that is the truth. Don't you know that this is what the social media said? Oh, I believe that. Oh, this is what God's word said. Seriously? <laughs> Seriously? Does that... Um, is that what the Bible really teaches us or explains to us? Seriously? But if we're going to open our phone with the social media, oh, the quotation is very nice. It's good. It relieves me. But when the Bible says, oh, it hurts. Don't you know that if it hurts, that's, that is the right thing, right? We take God's word negatively and easily get hurt. Remember, in order for us to get yoked with God, we need to accept his word with meekness. In other words, we need to learn to accept the Bible's discipline. Amen. The Bible's discipline. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 to 17, the Bible says, let us open quickly. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16, to 70, the Bible says all scripture. Did it say 99.9%? No. Again, it's all. We have to accept God's word with meekness. And it should be accepted all. Regardless. No questions asked. It, should, it shouldn't be 99.99999999%. No. It should be all. It should be 100%. The Bible says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. What a great reminder for us that we really need to accept God's word with meekness. The Bible is so important for a much greater reason. The Bible is the word of God. Amen. God was guiding. Okay, yes. It has been written by human authors, but God was guiding them so that what they wrote wasn't just their own words, but God's word. Absolutely. Oh, a point. 
God wanted to speak to us in words we could understand, and the Bible contained those words. It is the word of God, and that makes all the difference. Amen. This means the Bible is our authority. It is the absolute authority in everything it touches. This means the Bible is our guide to show us how to live. Now, if we don't want to listen, where else? Where else? The Bible is our instructor, instructor teaching us about God and his plan of salvation in Christ. The Bible is God's gift to us. It came from God and it points us to God. We also need to learn to accept the Bible's declaration. The Bible says here in James chapter 1, verse 21, the Bible says, Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with what? Meekness, the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. Sometimes we choose before, when we, when we do our family devotion, we just, you know, flip the page. Oh, this is what I like because it's, you know, few verses only. And we're going to read. Honestly, that is what we have been doing before in our family. Just use, oh, this is easy, easy to explain among the family members. Okay. But now what we have, what we have done, by the grace of God, only by the grace of God, what we have done is we started all the way from Genesis and we are now into Joshua chapter 17. We keep on doing that by the grace of God every day, every morning by God's grace. Because it says here to accept the Bible's declaration, we shouldn't be, you know, um, choosing. In Isaiah chapter 30, verse 22, the Bible says, You shall defile also the covering of the graven images of silver and the ornament of the molten images of gold. Thou shalt what? Cast them away as menstruous cloth. Thou shalt say unto it, Get thee hence. Meaning to say, when the Bible declares this, we have to obey no matter what. As Christians, we are told to watch against filthiness. Lay aside all fleshly dispositions and affections which dominate the person filthy. We should be laying aside all the disorders of a corrupt heart which would prejudice against the word of God and the ways of God. Sin is a defiling thing. It is called filthiness itself. It is not enough. Again, it is not enough to restrain e evil affections, but what? They must be cast out from us or laid apart. It should be cast out. Okay, number two. Number two, how do we get yoked with God? Number two, allow God's people to mold us. Allow God's people to mold, to mold us. Oh, what a blessing God has given us, this church. What a blessing. It was February 10, 2019, when we were moved to the north. Me and my wife were looking for a church. And then on that February 10, it was a Super Bowl, I believe, February 10, 2019. We're looking for a church somewhere modesto. And then um, we went to a church. First church that we went to was actually, um, we Googled it actually. It was a, a closed church. The, the church was closed, but um, you know, it's really a big church. And it was a Baptist church. So we're looking, we, we, we went there and passed by, but we were not able to, to go inside. It was, it was closed. And then the, 
we, we Googled again, we were inside the car and then looking for another church. And we were able to go to another church. But when we went to the church, it was filled with, um, you know, matured people. Um, there were no young people during that time. No young people. It was so quiet and everything. So, well, um, because we don't know anything about the church and we have not been to Central Valley, we don't know anything about here in the north. So what we did is to attend the church. And then after that, um, um, the pastor was actually, you know, just sharing the word of God. And then you know, we're just sitting down. And after that, uh, at the end of the service, the pastor was telling me, oh, um, we're, we don't have much, um, you know, people here, members here because of the Super Bowl. And my heart was actually structuring the time. And I was thinking to myself, um, deep inside me, deep inside me, I was thinking to myself, oh, what a God that I have right now. I cannot compare my, my, my God to the game. I know we are, we, we are fond of Super Bowl, right? Okay, don't get me wrong about Super Bowl. But what I mean, it, what, what, uh, it was during Sunday. Then me and my wife actually was, um, you know, a little bit down during that time. We're a little bit down because we went through, you know, churches and Googling it, but uh, we really couldn't find a church. Then we were at Modesto during that time. Then my wife, the next Sunday, um, asked me whether, um, have you seen a church? Then I told her, um, yes, I have seen a church, but it's very far from here. Uh, I was, I, I, I find myself far from Modesto to here, around 30 minutes. I said, it's a little bit far from here because the, the church that we went to is around five minutes only, 10 minutes. And then I told my it was around 30 minutes, a little bit far. Then, but I did not talk so much about this church because this is the church that we found. And I didn't talk too much because I don't want my wife to get frustrated again, disappointed again that when we go to the church and it's not, it's not the right church. So I was driving. I was driving all the way from Modesto all the way to Mantica, and then it was so quiet. Honestly, Pastor, right? Okay, I'm just being honest here. It was so quiet, and then, oh, um, and um, we were just so quiet with each other, and then until such time, we alighted, and then we were at the entrance. Then, but, but, but before that, the purpose of me really um, going, choosing into this church, because there was in the website, in the website, actually, that, there were people kneeling down during the invitation. And that struck me. That struck me. Because when people are kneeling, mean, mean to say they are obeying God, their heart is actually willing to submit to God because you're kneeling down. Makes sense, brother. Because when I saw that, um, when I saw that um, a website here in Central Valley, people were kneeling down and then, um, you know, preaching the, the word of God, but I wasn't really that um, convinced until such time when we came here, we reached here in the church, and then my wife was there at the entrance. We were met by Pastor Chris. I know you cannot recall, but we were met by Pastor Chris. And, you know, we were welcomed, and then the warmth was there. But, of course, we, we still have that, uh, you know, reservation in our heart that it is really the church. Now, when we went inside, we heard the songs from the songbook. And that was a start of us, really. We were praying for that, and that, is what, that was the start when 
yes, probably me, this is the right church. Then we were, they were singing, and then, you know, whatever is being done, the church that I grew up is almost the same as what our church is really doing right now. So that's why the next Sunday, we were so excited. Until such time, the excitement grows there, and it, we, we, we've experienced actually the love and the right preaching of the Word of God. And, you know, every time we go to church, every time we go to church, Amen, you know, our heart actually, you know, melts every time there's the preaching of the Word of God is being preached. Amen. And even until now, if you, an a, a, a tender, or I say a member, if you have been into the church, and if you think that you have not grown, probably there's something wrong with the church. But by the grace of God, by the grace of God, when, when we're able to, to, uh, to attend the church, and that is um, what uh, the growth, um, that's our Christian growth is. So number two, allow God's people to mold us. No, with, with the blessing of like the pastor, the deacons, and the men of the church, these people are actually the ones helping to mold us, especially our pastor, right? That's why in order for us to get yoked with God, let us allow ourselves to be molded, right? Just like a potter. A potter is shaping a bowl made out of clay and and to mold the clay and shape us. And the potter has to what? Roll the clay, right? Roll the clay. Roll. The potter has to what? Pinch the clay, right? Pinch the clay. And then sometimes cut the clay, coil the clay, prick the clay, form the clay, scoop the clay, and join the clay. The same goes with us. With the word of God, allowing God's people to mold us. We need to be rolled. In God's word, we need to be pinched. We need to be cut. We need to be coiled. We need to be pricked hard. How are we going to grow if we are being pricked so soft? Even though how hard the word of God is, we have to accept. And we have to allow God's people to mold us. And that is how we are going to get yoked with God. We need to be pricked. We need to be formed to a better Christian, to a better believer. We need to be scooped. And of course, we need to be joined. Fellowship. Fellowship. We, we need to learn how to be admonished or reprimanded by someone, someone firmly. The Bible says in Proverbs 29, verses 2 to 3, when the righteous are in authority, thank God we have, we have um, a pastor. Of course, we're saved. We've become righteous in the eyes of God because he, he accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and personal Savior when, when he was 18 years old. 18, 19 years old? And that is what the Bible says here. When the righteous are in authority. Again, when the righteous are in authority, what? The people rejoice. That's why we always um, end up the, the, the service blessed. And we rejoice. Of the word of God. But when the wicked beareth rule, what? The people mourn. Whoso loveth wisdom rejoices his father. But he that keepeth company with harlots spendeth his substance. We need to learn how to be admonished. And we, learn, we need to learn how to abide. 
constantly abiding. The song, constantly abiding. Right? Jesus is mine. In Proverbs 29, verses 15 to 16, the Bible says, The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings his mother to shame. Now, it is important for us to be, to be rod, right? And given reproof. We need to allow the word of God to mold us, to be in our heart. Someone should look after us, and we should be ready to accept that. We should be ready to accept that. In verse 17, verse 17 correct thy son, and what? He shall give thee rest. Now, of course, if, if a son loveth wisdom, of course, the father will be happy, right? Of course, the, the, the father will be happy. If the son is actually um, doing what the father says, just like what we are doing, um, pleasing to our God, the father, of course, our God, the father, will be pleased. The same goes also with here. Now, if we are following our father, obeying our father or our mother, of course, they will be happy. And this is what the Bible says. Whoso loveth wisdom rejoices his father, but he, but what? He that keepeth company with harlot, harlot spendeth his substance. We need to learn how to abide. And the last, we're almost done. The last. How do we get yoked with God? Acknowledge instead of hardening our hearts. We have to acknowledge it. Admit it humbly. Now let me tell you a story about, it's a little bit long story, but I'll just make it short or fast. All right. So this is the story. Hiro Onada, no, this is a Japanese name. Hiro Onada was in, an Imperial Japanese Army intelligence officer who fought in World War II and was a Japanese holdout who did not surrender at the war's end in August 1945. After the war ended, Onoda spent 29 years hiding out in the Philippines until his former commander traveled from Japan to formally relieve him from duty by order of Emperor Showa in 1974. Meaning to say, even though the war ended, this Lieutenant Onoda stayed in the Philippines for 29 years. He thought that um, the war wasn't, didn't end yet. He was thinking that um, the war was still ongoing. That's why he stayed there in the Philippines. Despite leaflets were being thrown, the first time that um, the, the leaflets were, were thrown, it says there, the war ended on August 15. Come down from the mountains. But Lieutenant Onoda didn't come down. He was still thinking that um, the war was still ongoing. Okay? And then it wasn't only him, but the rest of, of, of his um, fellow soldiers actually died. So despite of um, the repetition, the repetitious um, sending of the leaflets to, for Onoda to give up, he didn't, he didn't give up until one day, 20, 29 years after, on February 20, 1974, Onoda met, met a Japanese man. His name is Norio Suzuki who was traveling around the world and looking for Lieutenant Onoda. Now, Suzuki found Onoda after four days of searching. So when this Norio Suzuki came to the Philippines, and then four days after he found Onoda, then this is what Onoda said. This hippie boy, Suzuki, came to the island to listen to the feelings of a Japanese soldier. 
Suzuki asked me why, why would not I come out? Onuda and Suzuki became friends, but Onuda still refused to surrender. Because the instruction here is, Onoda, you don't have to surrender. Whatever happens will come back for you. Or whatever happens, if there is an order, that is when you're going to surrender. And he was, he put that in his mind, in his heart about that instruction, that order. So what happened here was in 19, uh, March 9, 1974, he finally, um, the person, um, the, the, the government, Japanese government sent someone here, uh, sent someone to the Philippines to, to give the, the right order to Onoda about his surrender. Now, what I can see in the story of, about Onoda, Lieutenant Onoda, is a positive, positive thing. He didn't surrender until such time the order was given. He didn't surrender only after 29 years. He only surrendered when the order was given. Now, sometimes as Christians, we surrender as early as that without thinking that God has an order from us, from the Bible. We surrender right away. Don't you know that as Christians, we shouldn't be surrendering because God's order is absolute here? We cannot change God's order. Whatever God's command is, we, ha we don't have to surrender. Because at the end of the day, we are victorious. We are victorious. Now, the way I look at this story is that he surrendered only after the order. But sometimes we as Christians surrender, surrender as early as, as, as that, even without following God's order. Now, in Proverbs 29, verse 23, the Bible says, A man's pride shall bring him low. Because of, of our pride, we don't want to surrender. And that is very vain, very dangerous. But honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. We need to accept that pride will bring us to destruction. And that is our text is. Verse 29, uh, chapter 21, verse 9, the, the verse 1, the Bible says, He that being often reproved, hardeneth his neck, shall suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. Let us pray.